Welcome to the Chicago Beef League. This is Chip. I'm uh, here with Alex. Alex, how are you doing? Hey, everyone. What a great, glorious, grand day. I think that might be my best intro so far. Yeah. You know, you could just say, like, I'm here with Alex, and then I could just say hi, and you don't have to say, like, Alex, say something. No, no I, I, I want to make sure this is awkward, so uh, okay. I think I, I give myself a C-. minus. I mean, I've been doing flailing Fs for, for the year to date. This is my first C-. minus. This is a good start. This is good. Probably a C minus just because there's no enthusiasm there. But um, I digress. Um, so, what's going on? Uh, any updates on your side? Uh, it's ridiculously hot, which you know exactly. Um, I, uh, I had, we were, I was coaching during in the heat, uh, and it, I think I either blacked out uh, while standing at third base yelling at kids. And had a fond memory of when I was uh, 10 years old or eight years old. My dad was a commissioner that I wanted to share. But um, first, I wanted to ask, ask you how you're doing, too. What's going on in your world? Wait, so you're going to share your story or not? I will, I will in a moment. I, I feel like we, we have some other more important news to go through. Oh, do we? Uh, so here, it's. I love what Chip's like. It's really hot there. It's like 10 degrees cooler in Seattle always. Uh, and, yet, and yet, I still complain as though it's like 150 I think we hit like 80 something yesterday and I was about to break out the window air conditioners. Um, Whoa. Otherwise, you know, no, I, I've got my nephew's uh, graduation tonight. He's graduating high school. Uh, it, the graduation ceremony is going to be at T-Mobile Park, the home of the Mariners. So nice. I'm pretty curious to see how that's going to work out. Um, so wait, and- can you can you sit in the upper deck and, and heckle? Is that like a... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because, so they have tickets and it's interesting because they're limiting his school is not that big and they're limiting the number of tickets per family to seven. So it's kind of like, this is a huge stadium. Why? So it'll be interesting to see where they put everybody. Like they better not put us in the bleachers where the sun's going down and we're just staring <laughs> in the sun all the time <laughs> because I'm going to complain, but I think it's a cool, uh, cool place for a, uh, for graduation yeah. ceremony. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. He'll be headed to Georgetown next year. I may have just said that before. Yeah, um, that's very, and, very exciting for him. Yeah. And so, and then we're doing a graduation party on Saturday. Um, and I'm going to be smoking ribs here tomorrow all day. Um, and then we're going to, I'm going to bring those over to my mom's on Saturday and we're going to have everyone over and eat ribs and some nice. coleslaw and some stuff like that. So it's going to be busy here for the next, you know, little bit next few days but uh that's it yeah i i'm i'm now that i remember i I have my team coming over tomorrow um like 15 people or 20 people maybe uh i'm gonna one soda coming uh no (laughs) you play you mean mean no my actual work team with adidas um yeah so uh uh i'm gonna smoke some pork uh shoulder and uh Someone else is going to bring ribs and jerk chicken and all sorts of good stuff. I've got I've got some beer on tap, so it'll be interesting. I've got games like cornhole and ping pong and some other things. So uh, hopefully we have a, a good crowd coming. I always fun. I assumed when you said that you were having you know the <laughs> team over. I, no, I I didn't. Fernie Willow. Fernie you know, Willow. I didn't assume Fernie Willow. That was a joke. But I assumed Maddie's baseball team. That's what I assumed. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's going to be Saturday after the last game. So we're this is the last week of the year. Um, so. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So busy next few days here for you too. 
Busy, 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 busy. Yeah, so um, we're just going to quickly touch on this week's matchups and uh, next week's uh, matchup and hopefully not spend too much of this time talking about how you're destroying my team this week. Well, and yeah, we also please to announce that we have another guest this week. Um, uh, yes. Josh Freeman, the uh, owner, proprietor, and general manager of uh, Thomas the Tank, Ain't Got Nothing On Me, is joining us in the pod. Um, it so, might have been the most interesting conversation we've had. It was fun. It was, it was fun. Pretty fun. It was yeah. uh, very fun. And uh, kudos to Josh. So uh, we'll, we'll that'll be it, up it, in it the also The first time that Chip just bailed on an interview, <laughs> and Josh and I didn't stop. We kept going. Uh, so, anyways, uh, yeah, a little uh, a tickler there, a teaser for you guys. Good luck to, if you can tell. What, what, what was the topic? Uh, what would you guess the topic would be when Chip's not there? Yeah, uh, let let us know on on the the signal thread uh, what you think uh, when uh, when it was and what well, you you think it was. Actually, no, we talk about it anyway. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's touch on this week and uh, next week, and then I'll uh, my little blur- brief blur- blurb about uh, Dan Streif. Um, yeah. All right. This week you're beating me six and a half to three and a half, um, which makes it sound actually close. It is close, Chip. We are tied in runs. We're one apart in RBIs. OBP, we're both overperforming. ERA, I have no pitchers left, and Gary Cole just got blown out today. So I'm screwed in pitching. This is going to be just like it was, and like I said, it was going to be last week when I said everything's a trap, and every trap that you predicted has happened. So I don't want to hear you talk about how it's not close. And it's very close. I'm probably going to lose, which would be my second in a row. So forget you and forget your team and all, you know, who, who's Boston playing this weekend? Uh, that is a really interesting question. I do not know. It's not really an interesting up. question. You have most of their team or at least all their good <laughs> players. And they're currently playing against Houston, which is a tough matchup. They're going to be playing against the, oh my God, they're playing the Yankees. All right, it's over. <laughs> You're going to have Fat Devers and Bogart. Feast all oh. over the Yankees. <laughs> oh my God. All right, so uh, you have three starters left. You have Darvish, Hill. Rich Hill has been awesome last this last month. And Rodon, who's been arguably the top five pitcher this year. Who got uh, shelled uh, this week already by yeah. Cleveland, a team that's been no hit twice if there's one thing i've learned that past performance means nothing uh those three pitchers are probably going to pitch no hitters this week so uh darvish goes tonight against the mets who knows what what happens with the mets it's in san diego uh rich hill has i mean it really doesn't matter uh texas Texas. jesus texas and then detroit for rodon i mean you're gonna get three w's here uh you're gonna finish with five stats what i'm getting at with your team why this is not gonna be close is that a you're you're you rarely this year have had this like off period. Usually like you have like two days of off period and then you, you turn it around and hit like seven home runs like you did on Monday. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you did that tonight or tomorrow where you just get like, Oh, you're at 15 home runs. Oh, you're at 24 home runs all of a sudden. And um, so yeah. I had six on Monday. I have eight total. Okay. And it's Thursday. It, while it, we're it just, it's, so it, you, yesterday was quiet. I, I I'm the done with news, hyperbolic the, the, BS, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, uh, more importantly, the the thing that I'm watching for my team is Mookie Betts and Soto. Soto has actually done something this week. Uh, he actually hit a home run, first time in like se- seemingly like six weeks. Uh, Mookie actually had three hits yesterday, which is something. Like I, I, my what I'm expecting about my team is is basically 
the dregs. I'm just asking for something out of my team. Whereas you have like top 100 players everywhere. I'm just jealous. Anywho, uh, rest of the week, um, other matchups. The, uh, what's the number two matchup of the week? Because obviously ours is number one. Yeah, obviously ours is number one, and I think it's going to be really close, and I'm probably going to lose. Uh, I think number two so far it's uh, Josh and the Kamich, who yeah. um, we they they had the, a trade that we're going to uh, discuss because we had we have Josh coming up on the pod, so we're not going to talk about that now. But um, you know, Josh is, was tied for second, nice and third. Kamich made a move here um, to to help himself out. Uh, so I think that's been it's a close matchup uh, across the board. So mm-hmm. I think that's that's a, that'll be a fun one to watch this weekend um, as the days count down here for the last game on Sunday. I guess the other matchup of the week was uh, Vishnu or uh, Zavo and Low. Uh, Zavo crushed me like a grape uh, last week, and uh, Low, you know, has been um, dealing with fires left and right, and and right now is beating Zavo. Yeah, and you predicted Zavo to win no did you? You did. yeah i did. You I did. did i picked zavo you, you picked said low. technically you had low. an issue with that and i picked low i know um so that one's really close i think that's going to be a fun one to watch um the other close ones i mean we've got um crips and in, in sunny 6k it's too close for the crips i mean come on jen um his his new look team with Ketel Marte, who's actually picked up where he left off when he got hurt. Did you um, see Ketel Marte in a, with a swing yesterday? I actually look, didn't know. Look this up, everyone. Look this up. It is the is whoever was pitching essentially threw it basically at his feet, and he swung and missed by a mile. It was hilarious. Anyway, well, I'll, I'll he, share a link. Share a link, but he's actually been doing pretty well since he's been back. And I think just looking at the actual numbers, I mean, the counting stats aren't close. Chen is no. killing Sunny 6K. So I think that's going to go to Chen. Um, it's, it's in Chen's hands right now. His pitching then, just needs to be survive and be decent, and he'll win. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Ken and Dave are – Ken and Dave, their current home runs – Ken is winning at this Dave. point over auto Dave. <laughs> Ken has two home runs, and Dave has one. Uh, Ken has nine RBIs on the week. Nine. This is like and he's OBP. This is this is insane. This is worse than like something I've done last week or the week before. Two twenty three on base percentage. He's had a bad start of the week. Uh, that is yeah. weird. Yeah, that like these guys are both going to combine to go zero and eleven probably in in <laughs> uh, in breakdown. So um, Ken, I'm sorry, man, but. Uh, this is not your week. Um, however, I, I believe I, I believe I play Ken next week, so we'll touch on that in a minute. Um, however, uh, we've got Auto Vish, or Auto Vishnu is beating Jay seven to three. Wow! And again, this is just this goes to show that clearly Jay sacrificed some things to make sure that uh, he beat me last week, and uh, he ran out of goats to you know sacrifice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like Robert Johnson selling a soul to play the blues. Yeah. 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 Yes. Um, all that's true. I'm sure. Um, okay. But yeah, I, it, this is kind of crazy. Uh, his on-base percentage split is 150 points. That's crazy. Anyway, um, I, I think we picked v- uh, Jay to win this. So this would be a big, the, probably the upset of the week. If oh, this for holds. sure. For sure. Um, I, it comes down to Jay's pitching staff, I think. Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else on this week? No. 
All right, let's let's talk about next week real quick. Um, All right, so uh, week 10 coming up here and um, a lot of just awful matchups that I don't care about. Uh, Chip, how do you feel generally about week 10? Wow. Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I, I mean, the, the obvious there's there's two there's two or three matchups that are really quite sensational. Uh, one is going to be you and low. Just okay. because I feel like there's a lot of dynamics that are going to be fun and interesting to 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 go through. Um, Do you think I, Lowe will be able to withstand the number of text messages I'm going to send him next yes. week? Yes, if there's one person who can. Like, you know, we've been talking about you having a rival, and we didn't even get to it with Josh. But uh, I think Lowe could be a rival of yours because he can put up with think- you. It's like a... <laughs> Yeah, superhero uh, villain thing. Batman yeah. and Joker. Well, which one am I? I'll leave that for you to decide. Um, otherwise, I, I mean, my matchup with Ken, I find is it's going to be riveting because I don't believe in my team right now, and uh, Ken's team is is um, mercurial. It's interesting. It's the matchup uh, of the Boilermakers and. Um, uh-huh. Ken's team, which currently, last time I checked, had two home runs. Um, <laughs> Mercurial. So, uh, yeah, and and so for all the folks listening, while Chip's saying that he doesn't have any confidence in his team and all that stuff, he's been sending me texts and everything all week saying, my team's garbage, I don't stand a chance this week, making fun of all my players, um, berating all of my players. And so, you know, you hear this, like, nice, friendly chip that... What, is, give quote, me one example where I'm berating in, a, in a berating your players. Well, where I'm going to go with this chip is I'm going to issue a challenge here. Uh, so when you beat me, you're going to have to drop somebody and you're going to have to pick up Mike Fultonevich. I can, I can, I can accept that type of fate. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Because that way, you know, we won't have to deal with, you know, all this, like my team's terrible. Um, my team is terrible that's not excluding your team from also being terrible at this moment all right so yeah i but looking at next week battle of the boilermakers you guys can you can fight over west lafayette and maybe even get axel rose to give you guys uh some type of trophy uh related to west lafayette that would be terrifying Uh, yeah axel rose sounds like a weird human being he looks Um, the same just fatter And he wears the same clothes and like the headband and everything. So like he hasn't really left the eighties and early nineties. Back to the period ten matchups. I think it's just two. There's two matchups. Chen and John are gonna are gonna be interesting. One, I think Chen's team is almost even more just bipolar. I need to probably think of a better phrase for that. But he has like three of the best top five players right now in baseball between like Vlad and trout and tatis um and then Degrom, uh he could i mean he might have like a, a he might have the uh the stats this week to take you know 11 versus everyone and uh but his record is awful and his breakdown's actually fine um he's been really unlucky so he's played playing john and john this is gonna be his first week with all those other players meaning aka yeah. man a new look team for the commission here. Um, and I agree with everything that you'd said there. Um, 
and then also new look uh thomas the tank here going up against, yeah, that, uh, against that. Match. yeah. Mm-hmm. i mean those are two these are i think chen's just been unlucky all year and uh chen if you're listening to this i encourage you to sell fire sale right now just so we can not have to worry about you coming out of nowhere and like rising from a, as a phoenix and and somehow like steamrolling us even though you're why would trapped. you even position it like that because now you know now he knows that you're no, scared no, because i've said this it won't happen i'm just jinxing it i'm just getting it out of the way you, you'll, you'll be thanking me later just we'll, we'll, we'll recall this in about four weeks and and uh i'll make sure that you feel good about that okay. um but thomas the tank uh it, it'll be his first week with his new additions right uh and zavo i mean zavo's Teams pretty uh tied legit. for second. Tied for mm-hmm. second. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Jay. may lose. Mm-hmm. Um, so with and Jay, of course, is currently hopefully still losing to uh Auto Vic new. And Jay plays Auto Dave next week. So that would be awesome if he lost to both of those. Delightful. However, it would make my loss to him last week feel just really rotten. These are is- isolated, just completely isolated. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like that for me, Chip. Uh, and then we have you know, you know that I easily just you know that I could just pummel you with with and just pile on and make it worse. And I'm trying to. Well, m- the last matchup is the battle for India, uh, Autovish and Sunny Six K, um, which I think we know Vishnu is not going to be paying attention, and Sunil maybe paying attention but i assume that he's going to need a win here because he's just been in free fall yeah as we said uh, for weeks on end now but uh he, he's actually turning it around versus chen um turning around bear with me uh his pitching has been lights out uh he doesn't he needs some some wings wins and saves to uh really carry this but he's got a 5-5 yeah, duel with getting- chen He's getting blown out offensively because he's got a team of geriatrics, like we've said all along. Um, so yeah, but uh, so that I think that's we, we kind of want to try to be tidy and wrap everything up here. So um, I think yeah. that's a, a good outlook for the the coming week. Uh, and Chip, you had um, something that we wanted to talk about here. Um, baseball related, but I feel, uh, it's kind of, uh, it's some of the, some of the folks who listen to this, uh, will, will reminisce and understand maybe the, this, this quirky, weird thing of our childhood. Um, in that my dad was, uh, a, he was like the baseball commissioner for KWBA, the Kenilworth Winneka Baseball Association for a number of years, like 89 to I don't know, 94, 95 or something like that. Anyway, um, long story short on this, that he, he would, you know, organize the, the tryout or I don't know what, like the orientation in like early, early April where it's cold and we would have every, every player that kind of like tryouts to make the, all the teams equal. Like evaluations. It's it's basically, it wasn't Mm -hmm. so much a tryout, like you make it or you don't. It's more of a, it's an evaluation to see like everybody does it um anyway and that's that's anyway there's like ahead. drills there's drills and whatnot a- anyway i'm drawing parallels to right now i'm coaching maddie and uh we're doing it as like a kind of like a co-op coaching where there's like five or six dads who are pitching in and because the the head coach was a reluctant coach um but it, it's giving me like this whole process of how 
the teams are structured and honestly they're not like balanced at all which is what i'm kind of getting at uh that all the teams are kind of structured by neighborhoods and areas so that they're playing with their friends so like maddie and his buddies will play now at a different team that's on in a different neighborhood because our the way that southeast portland is structured it's there's a lot of small neighborhoods that um that are kind of all pulled together anyway um I was just, it, it spurred in me like the whole idea of what my dad did. And I never really thought about it until honestly, this earlier this week, this would have been really great for his funeral a couple of years ago um, is one of my like lasting memories of uh, his involvement in baseball. And he would, I remember like the just instances of like spreadsheets, you know, like in, and this is 1992 or 91 when like computers are really terrible and my dad doesn't know how to type. And he, he like I'm learning how to type on a on a like a, a plastic type um, game. Uh, I don't know. What did you learn? What did you use to learn how to type, Alex? Uh, I learned to type at Washburn. At Washburn? Okay. Yeah. Didn't they have a computer class? I I remember that. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I. You yeah. know, that's that's not fair because we did have like the Apple IIe back at Hubbard Woods to play mm-hmm. like like Oregon trail, but I don't remember doing like, which was a baller game. It was amazing. Um, no, we did, but which Jay still plays the, (laughs) for the record. Um, no, but shoots all the Buffalo typing Um, class would actually taught you where to position your hands and stuff. That was Washburn. Okay. Yeah. In any case, um, my dad was, would, he would literally get all the forms and he would document and annotate like for every single kid. So like, there's like, but I don't know, six or seven teams and, I'm probably making this up, but like 10 kids or 12 kids on a team. So he's doing like a hundred ish players, uh, kids. And he's basically annotating like grades on all sorts of skills, like speed and velocity on, on pitching and, uh, hitting ability. And, uh, like, I think I, my dad had like, like this special grade of like intelligence or ability to take feedback type of thing. Anyway, uh, he would then invite all the coaches over and they would discuss all the players and make, and then kind of do it. Like I'm thinking that they did a draft, but, or rather they just kind of like split up all the players to make sure that it would be balanced, that not everyone's playing with their friends and that like the best players also played playing with the worst player. And anyway, yeah, and, and I think it, it kind of, because so you, you'd mentioned this to me and I recall my dad who coached a lot of my team's, would do this. He'd go to your place to your, you know, your place and do this with your dad. And then he'd come mm-hmm. back and be like, here's who's on our team. Yeah. Um, and it was, and I, and I think it is kind of that exercise of like, okay, who's, who's coaching. Well, obviously, you know, Chip's going to be, you know, like, or like Alex, I'm going to be on my dad's team. Mm-hmm. So if I was graded like a hundred out of a hundred, which I should have been, <laughs> <laughs> then you know they're like okay well um no it, so anyway I, i'm pretty sure i had crap ratings even though if you'd asked me at that time how good i was i probably would have told you like oh yeah like i'm t- probably like top 15 you're eric davis uh, i know yeah or barry larkin you're you're a superstar yeah, yeah. so so you know but but anyway and i you know again it's funny yeah. when you kind of think back on that but so yeah but so- and but i was i was also thinking just like the equipment that he had he he had all of the excess equipment so baseballs tees uh, catcher equipment uh helmets etc stored in the garage and it was just there was a just a ton of it and then we had also access to and some everyone will probably acknowledge this there was um, uh, a shed 
at in Winnetka, and my dad had the code. And this is before we umpired, but he had the code, so we would like then have free access to the pitching machine. The uh, what was it? Was it Stallion the League name, or where we we had the pitching machine as our like pitcher? Pony. And then a year after was like Pony. Pony? No, not Pony. Pony was like seventh eighth grade. There was like Pee Wee or no Bron- it was went, it was think- horse names it was horse names so it was like bronco Correct. pony we went first then bronco then then stallion then pony something like that yeah 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 um but i remember getting going to the, the pony field in winnetka and uh this is where everyone probably turns uh, this off but um the pony field had a fence which was the only that one plus the kenilworth field uh, just off of uh, Green Bay had fences right. and it was really cool to be able to hit it and see if it would go over the fence, which never did for me because I was a terrible hitter. Um, but I anyway, would always <laughs> hit golf balls on the pony field. Yeah, I think that's what everyone bat. else because <laughs> because it goes a lot farther. Yeah, I think that's what yeah. everyone else did. And then they try to hit it onto the golf course. Well, yeah, you'd have to hit a certain direction to make sure you don't actually hurt any of the golfers on the I didn't range. care. Are you kidding, dude? How old was I? Do you think I had the foresight to think like, what if I brain somebody? Plus it's the driving range, so nobody was should have been out there except for that truck. But anyway. True, true, true. Um well so and here so just to the, when you and I were talking about this, the question that I had based on our conversation to you was like so so when my dad would come home with our team and he'd be like, oh we got so and so and so and so and so and so um and I think it was later when I read, like, there was one year where we got Logan, uh, who was Brent. like, Brent. Yes. Yeah. And, and he could throw, like, um, he was still the hardest of anybody. Mm-hmm. So, um, Loose. so that's, mm-hmm. that's when I, it dawned on me, like, wow, I must really suck because if we got <laughs> Logan, Logan's one of the better players. Mm-hmm. And so, um, no, but, it, but I, so anyway, my dad, like, never talked to me about or never showed me, like, the grades and how, you know, kids graded no, out, including me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But your yeah. experience with that was. It, it, my dad actually showed me the stuff. And <laughs> I, I, told, I, I had like the numbers. That, okay. I'm, I don't really care about like, uh, I don't remember any names of, of what they got, but you, you're right about Logan and like John Eichelberger. And uh, I'm trying to think of the other like major names. I know uh, Chris Calhoun was good. Anyway. We can go down that rabbit hole. But uh, the bigger thing was that, like, uh, he had the scores and he would put them into the computer and he would, like, try to sort and uh, and do – he would put in stats after – like, he would want stats of the game, make sure that they're, like, kept uh, in terms of scoreboard and uh, uh, the keeping score. Anyway, it was just really fascinating. That I just – I totally blanked on the fact that my dad did so much record-keeping for – like 10 year old baseball games. It was crazy. And now we have everything in an app. It's just right. Right. And then we don't keep score. Well, he, I mean, he did, he did it. He enjoyed it. Like that was, I mean, your dad was like, and and I always, you know, to, to me, your dad did have that, that kind of organizational skill set, right. Where he could, he, he liked and could do all that stuff. Um, and to your point about now how everything else on an app, because when I moved to out to Seattle, I was helping my brother coach my nephews, um, and one of whom just graduated from high school today. So it tells you I've been out here now ten years. Um, but he, uh, you know, so 
everything was on the app and it, like that part of it you didn't have to worry about um mm-hmm. it was like all you had to worry about was like literally lugging the because my brother coached so lugging the gear that was it um and the commissioner here really was you know didn't do anything um but thinking back then of how everything was done manually and i think that it kind of transitions into part of our conversation with with our guest tonight and josh where he talks about a fantasy league um that he was in when it was all done manually and part of me like i'm so again i don't have kids i don't have a life i would totally be down to do that you know like uh but it it is nice when you can check but it, it is nice when you can check cbs you know every five minutes or ten minutes oh yeah uh, I, I guess la- the last thing is just I, those are kind of like the formal hold on hold on, formal... hold on hold on we have to wait because i can't i can't mute them and the drug dealers down the street are test driving their motorcycle up and down my street and uh anyway now it's done we'll we'll give this five four I guess the last thing is just like it it, rem- it reminded me of my uh, my age, like 10 to 15 year uh, period where I was really into baseball and going to get baseball cards with you and, and many others and uh, going to uh, watch baseball games, obviously Cubs or Sox or whatever, getting playing in backyard, also playing the summer leagues and the spring league. It, it was like the that was like the peak of being a kid and really being really into baseball. And I just remember just fondly that my dad was really into uh, doing that type of stuff. It was just kind of like passion. Yeah. Um, anyway. I, I'm also, you know what, Chip, all this time you would have had some record and some knowledge of what I was graded and you never told me. I don't ever think that you ever in my life told me, which I think is a testament to you too. Cause if I, like my dad knew better, he never would have told me any of the grades. Cause I would have definitely told kids like, dude, you got like a 40, you suck. And that's like when I would have been like pitching to somebody and probably beaten them because I couldn't pitch. Um, I mean, do you want to know, do you want to know what your, your scores were and the, the, the qualitative uh, feedback that they had? You have access to all that still? Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I have a, I have it all in my head, just exactly of everything. Okay. Yeah, no, verbatim. you know what? No, I don't. At this point, no. You know what, Chip? You can hold on to it now. Okay, there was a time and a place where you could have told me, but now I just, you know, obviously I was like at least a ninety-three. Mm, um, the mm, only thing holding mm. me back was my speed, sure, uh, mm-hmm. and the fact I could not pitch. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I. I'm pretty sure your hitting skills were your best skills. Your passion for catching was big. Um, and you were really passionate. You would always be there at games. Uh, you would always be there. You would not skip a baseball game. Oh, no. No, I love the sport. I absolutely loved it. I took it very seriously. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really did. Uh, um, one other would be putting you in the outfield did not uh, benefit anyone. It no, really... I can't catch fly balls. <laughs> Still to this day, like, so, no, it's so true to this day. I don't know what it is. I, um, so like later in life when I was playing softball and stuff, you know, I play third base for first base, whatever. I can even manage it shortstop, even though I'm not that mobile. Um, but like a ball hitting the ground, I'm not going to let it pass me if my body can get in the way. Mm -hmm. Dude, put me in the outfield in the softball games. Like, oh my God. (laughs) It's a waste. 
Oh yeah. It's like definitely going to be an injury. Probably second, the minute the ball's hit, I think it's hit like to me and I start coming in and then it's over my head immediately. Like I cannot do pop flies at you all. Just, you just described basically 99% of all kids with, with that. I mean, yeah. I, I did it too. Everyone that's, did it. That's the nice thing is that, you know, I, I guess I, I don't remember if my dad made everybody play outfield or if it was like, Oh yeah, for sure. Everyone did. The whole but I, I never remember playing outfield, so you probably, probably did. because we lost the game when the ball was hit <laughs> over my head. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty sure when we were in that t-ball slash pitching machine year, that that's where like, and then that's what Medic's going through right now. He's going to be done with that soon. Uh, but that's the year where you you just make sure that every kid plays every position. Get gets a, right. if they want to pitch or if they want to catch, you, you give them the opportunity to. And like with right. hitting, you make sure that they can get an opportunity to hit. Sometimes they strike out. Like you're like, dude, you've had like six swings. You're out. But we, this is the year where you before umpires, before stolen bases and and whatnot. I'm so excited for next year. Yeah, this is the, this is the last year before baseball gets hard. Oh, you know, it's, it gets going to be intense. It's almost going to be like a carbon copy of when we were in uh, in college coaching the kids. It's like that experience where I get to finally like lay down some fundamentals and yell at them and say like, you, you, I need better commitment, that type we, of thing. When we coached, I like looking back on when we coached compared to like what I, you know, like when, when I coached with my brother in Seattle, the kids all liked me because I was just a weird, like they didn't know my status and they didn't know anything about me. They just knew like somehow I'm related to Thomas, I'm his uncle but I was this like mystery. So if I told them something like they'd listen and it was awesome. But then, but, but I did tone back like a lot of stuff that like we did when we were in college coaching those. Cause I remember hitting hard ground balls to kids. Like I remember, <laughs> right, I, right. like I remember hitting and I'm like, put your body in front of the ball. And there was that one kid, oh, I remember his last name, Brennan, but he was oh, just like, Oh yeah. He was just a, like, he wasn't very good at anything, but he was like a wall and I could hit it at him and he would put his body in front of the knock off of him and he stopped it. Right. And it was like, anyway, like that's the best thing that he could do. Whereas other, other kids would try to do stuff. But I remember like, yeah, I, it, anyway, we're not going to get uh, into my audience. You should also note that uh, these kids tried out and these were the best kids that we got. These were, the, we chose these kids. That's well, how that's yeah. how <laughs> terrible that kid. That's why Kenilworth Winneka always lost to Wilmette in traveling baseball because Wilmette actually Wilmette was bigger and had like a better pool of good players, and Winneka had like three good players. True. Anyway, um, so anyway, yeah, it, was a, it was a fond memory, and I just wanted to share share that. I, I'd love some feedback from the group from uh, the audience, the teams. Uh, was that interesting or not? Uh, but anyway. I think it's time for us to segue to uh, Mr. Freeman. Yeah. So uh, everybody, we are uh, pleased to have uh, Josh Freeman on uh, as our guest. Um, he is the owner and general manager of Thomas the Tank Ain't Got Nothing on Me, um, which is, uh, as you'll learn, actually, uh, there's a great origin story to that name. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so... I think without further ado, let's uh, let's go to Josh. Tata. And now a word from our sponsor. And now we have Josh. Uh, welcome to the uh, Chicago Beef League. Hey guys, 
I'm so excited to be here. How are you doing? How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing fine. Uh, did not expect to be invited on, on the show after after all the hate for the last couple of weeks about uh, about my team. But uh, uh, we, we are equal opportunity haters. Um, we really hate everyone, to be honest, and love I mean, everyone. I, I wanted to mention that I, I I think Alex picked today on purpose because he knew the Knicks were going to get beaten by the Hawks, uh, and this was uh, this this is a rarity for me as a Knicks fan because uh, uh, they don't make the playoffs anymore. Um, and, 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 uh, and, and so, Gosh, I, I, was, I did it. I wanted to give you. I did it honestly from from a good. Uh, with good intentions, I wanted to give you something to concentrate on so that you didn't have to watch the game and be like super focused in the game. Um, so just to offer a little bit of a distraction here, that was kind of my goal. Um, I'm sorry yeah, for your loss. No, that that's okay. <laughs> it, you know, you know, Trey Young gave me, gave me somebody to hate now in the NBA. Um, and Why? It's He's so exciting. He's so exciting. I know. I know. But the thing is the last like decade I've been hating my own team. Um, so, so to hate okay, another so team healthy. feels this like I'm healthy. making progress. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like the seven, seven steps of being depressed or something. You're finally kind of moving on to the next step, which so, is really a good step. Josh, yeah, yeah. did you listen to the, um, not to, to plug, uh, our competitors, <laughs> um, have competitors? To, yeah. Have you listened to, well, Chip, that's why I'm laughing because, uh, <laughs> have you listened to the, uh, the podcast from the athletic about the Knicks. It, it's, it's narrated by Chuck D, um, oh, a, a public enemy fame. And yeah, I'll send you a link to it. It is, I listen to it and I hate the Knicks, but it's, it's basically about just how inept they've been for such a long period of time. And they've got like Van Gundy, they've got all the players, they've got like everybody. Um, did, did, so, did they bring Anthony Mason back and does he still have the skyline etched into his, the side of his head? Because <laughs> so I haven't I haven't finished it, but um, that's a good point. They never really. I don't think Anthony Mason's on it, nor do I think that he was really referenced more than once or twice, which is a shame. Um, but he was like the original point forward. You know, he would he would do like the behind the back coming up, and everyone would go. Whoa, whoa, whoa! He wasn't okay, that, was, good. He that was good. That was that good. Yes, he was. He was awesome. He, I pretty much modeled my college basketball game. This is, of course, <laughs> playing recreationally on Anthony Mason. We're like, I'd insist on bringing the ball up the court, but I'd back them down the whole way. You know, <laughs> like, I'm not going to dribble in front of you because I don't want it to be stripped. So I'm just going to keep knocking you out of the way. I thought uh, that was a Barkley thing you were doing. Because well, that's what Barkley would do, right? Yeah. No, but Mason would do it at like half court and like and even like before then. Like the minute any like the minute there was anyone that was like quicker or more talented than him, he just immediately went to like, I'm gonna back you down. And it was awesome. <laughs> so uh, speaking only- so speaking of uh your basketball fame, Alex and uh Josh, uh tell tell the, the group or the, the audience, the the three people that are listening to this, including uh, Josh Josh, your wife, how did you two meet? Oh, uh, well, we met uh, at the University of Michigan uh, freshman year. Uh, Alex was uh, on the other side of my hall. Uh, we were on the same floor in the same hall. And uh, he was uh, 
Magic he was the life of the party, you know. He <laughs> he was friends with uh, Jamal Crawford and all the football players, and you know, he used to drink lots of squirt underneath his bed, um, and watch Coming to America a lot. And uh, that that's kind of the stuff I remember. Uh, <laughs> it, it, so it, to set the scene too, because uh, everything Josh said is one hundred percent accurate. Um, only probably a more realistic spin is I was at the end of the hall that had our RA, uh, two football players and two basketball players, me and my crazy roommate who was just nuts. And Josh's end of the hall had like Josh and, you know, pretty much all the core of my friends through college were all on Josh's side of the hall. So yeah, I definitely invited myself down to the end of that hall pretty often. <laughs> wait, 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 Al, who was your roommate without disclosing too much who who was oh, it dean, dean machine dean machine was not do, do you have josh do you remember any stories of dean machine i mean i have plenty but i was he the basketball like, player no 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 it was no. It, dean, that was jamal's roommate who oh, was next right. door because yeah, that Wait, was the guy who, who who went to go find himself on the basketball game and he wasn't on the roster for michigan he got really upset <laughs> no 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 he he was but so this is a white guy named leland anderson he was in the game but he was a black player in the game, not oh, a white yeah. player. That's what it was. Wow. <laughs> so he was just disappointed. This is the same guy who brought a pit bull into, tried to keep a pit bull from everybody, um, which of course we weren't allowed to have. And he would wear his like Michigan basketball sweatsuit with like number 55 on it. It's like, you know, there are only so many like six foot nine white guys that have <laughs> number 55 Michigan basketball. Like it's not going to be hard to track you down when you're walking your dog in the courtyard. <laughs> So I, I just I, I I remember hearing all these stories and, and from afar. And uh, who who was Jamal's like buddy uh, or no. re- not roommate friend or David Terrell? Yeah, David Terrell <laughs> used to used to park out in front of our in front of our our uh, camp West Quad, and he'd sit there in his like you know Beamer or whatever, and just get out in the middle of traffic and just start yelling for Jamal. Right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, we could all hear him because we we're all facing the street. So. <laughs> Yo, Jamal. <laughs> I can just imagine. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, and there was no response coming from the window next door to me. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and then after a while, he'd run up and you know knock on the door, keep yelling at Jamal, and then I'd finally open and be like, "Dude, he's not home." He's like, "Tell him David Terrell stopped by and tell him David Terrell did this or that." <laughs> um, I'm well aware of who you are. You do wear number one on our football team, like. Um, so no, but Josh, you so. Um, I want to just take this opportunity here because I think, and I'm where I'm going with this is kind of your passion for sports, because I think a lot of our roommates either just didn't have the fandom, frankly, they didn't have the fandom that Josh and I had um, where Josh and I are both like fundamentalist uh, supporters of our teams, but we're both like half glass empty type guys when it comes to our teams. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, So, so mm -hmm. Josh and I, despite the fact that we didn't share the same teams, enjoyed this kinship of constantly hating on our own teams. Um, and, and Josh is a sports enthusiast. Um, so you yeah. you learned how to skate in college, right, Josh? Um, hey, what? <laughs> I, I, I knew how to skate, but I, I, I had to learn how to skate better. In, okay. Because, like, yeah. I, I don't know how to skate. And where I'm going with this is, of course – your your youngest is like basically Tai Domi 2.0. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so 
I was trying to think today of like where where did he get that like you know I well, don't mean mindset and and I thought like it's totally your mindset and you know as a competitor um and so this is all leading up to me asking like what kind of hockey dad are you I want to hear some you know like has that been difficult for you to be you a know, parent watching the stands without like losing it? it, it it's kind of like a, a fraternity that I haven't yet joined. Um, uh, it, because, you know, to put it into, into greater context, as you said, I, I have zero hockey background in my blood. Um, my dad is, 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 a, is Jewish and there aren't that many Jewish NHL players. Um, and my wife's Indian and, you know, ice hockey is not the kind of hockey they play in India. So right. um, they, they play field hockey. <laughs> right. So um, I don't know where he got it from, to be honest. But, you know, we were watching, uh, I want to say the Olympics and he got all into curling and a bunch of other winter sports. And he wanted to watch hockey every single morning. And uh, and so I put him in the skating classes and then. It wasn't until we got to this level where he has to wear full pads that I saw that he may be a future enforcer. Um, <laughs> so, it's not so much that he wants to score goals. It's more that he wants to make sure nobody else scores goals. And, uh, that's, <laughs> yes. that's pretty much his, his style, but it, it's great because, you know, he hits people, he doesn't get hurt, and uh, the other parents then stare at us. So it's, uh, it, it's fun. That was that kind of, but again, like I feel like so when we would play basketball in college, like I feel like that was sometimes your mindset too. <laughs> Josh, I was waiting for this story to come up. Yeah, no, no, like no, no. There's, there's no story. I mean, it was just generally if you missed the shot and your guy was going to drive the ball, uh, the the ensuing possession, you would foul him hard because you missed a shot. <laughs> yeah, I kind of had a belief in basketball that um, in rec basketball or, or pickup basketball, you had unlimited fouls. So yes. since, uh, since you couldn't foul out and the other person couldn't shoot free throws, um, that's, that's kind of an advantage. You see, it's a strategic thing I was coming up with there. Um, not, not, everybody, not everybody was a fan of that. But, uh, <laughs> but you know... Um, I, I, I try I try to keep that uh, in the past, of course. Uh, okay. Although occasionally on the soccer pitch when I'm still playing, uh, you know, the the Hulk comes out, or so to speak, and uh, and you know, uh, I try to I try to stay out of trouble the best I can. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so I know Chip, who's been silent. Are you still here, Chip? Well, it says Chip is connected, and we don't hear Chip. So uh, let's go ahead and just take a pause here for a second. Josh, don't hang up or anything. Chip, he may have texted something if he – okay. Oh, my God. I love (laughs) it. So professional. This is is all staying, by the way. I get a text from Chip saying BRB in the middle of – um, yeah. So, so yeah. you know what? Speaking of college, I, I say, I'm I'm a little I'm a little hurt here because you know I, uh, you know when Lowe's on, you guys can talk for ninety minutes, uh, right. you know about everything in the world, and you know chips chips all ears. But uh, I mean, maybe we should start saying some stories about Chip uh, when I met Chip and started hanging out with him. 
<laughs> Wait, hold on. I th- yeah, you know what? Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's 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 hear one story of when you met Chip. Um, um well, you know, Chip Chip was Chip was a, a great friend for getting me acclimated into Chicago when I first moved here. And uh, I know that you were still around and we would all hang out on the weekends. Uh, I do have a fond memory one night after having a few beverages uh, in uh, the Lincoln Park area. Uh, we went for a late night slice of pizza and for some reason he didn't come in uh, and instead decided to be like a crazy person running around on the sidewalk and did not look where he was going. And I think he ran into a parking meter. Uh, full speed. Who are you talking about? <laughs> uh, you weren't there. So uh, we were just we were just talking about stories about how how i met you chip oh sorry my daughter saw a spider and lost her <laughs> shit so uh and kate has gone to the drugstore so she'll be back in a couple hours um <laughs> so your, ch- your children are unsupervised <laughs> oh entirely it's yeah anyway sorry okay. uh no, so how much did i miss uh anyway let's, we'll keep all oh, this in. so you're so, telling telling stories yeah. about me it's good yeah well yeah, Keep since going. you weren't there, since you weren't there to defend it or back it up or anything, you know. <laughs> well, so uh, you, you mentioned how we met. I don't have any memory of this. Uh, I have some <laughs> memories of how you, how you were getting knocked out <laughs> by parking meters. <laughs> Look, my t- age twenty five year was a was a very uh, notorious year. I uh, it wasn't uh, you know as proud as uh, maybe Mike Trout's or anything like that, but. Uh, <laughs> Oh, we have we have some stories for Maddie. Don't worry about that. Um, no, yes. I, you, I'm sure you you're responsible for telling all those. Um, so, uh, did you tell the story of you moving and having to lug your your bed at all across the city? I remember the first time I moved into my <laughs> my apartment, I. I did it all myself, which uh, it wasn't so hard because I lived in a closet. Um, but, uh, (laughs) but, but, you know, a station wagon couldn't fit the big stuff more than one at a time. So I ended Mm -hmm. up starting, I think at like 10 AM and it took me about 12 hours of driving back and forth (laughs) between Lincoln Park (laughs) and Lakeview. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that, that, that was nuts. Um, I do have a good, I do have a fond memory though of, uh, the, the, uh, beer pong table. Uh, I'm not sure if you remember that one. Uh, and, and, uh, putting the legs on the beer pong table. That, that was, uh, that was a, a classic story of, uh, me turning a beer pong table into a dining room table, which, um, we, we, we did the draft, I think, oh, seven or oh, eight on that table where you drafted yes. Matt Kemp. I believe we you drafted did, Matt Kemp. We had so many people that we had to start stealing internet from neighbors because my, my router couldn't handle the number of people that <laughs> in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was a, that was a good time. And that was one of the few times we got everybody or almost everybody in the same. Almost everyone. Yeah. My, my only big memory of that, that apartment was, uh, coming to your place for Halloween dressed as the dude. And, um, (laughs) that didn't really, um, I think I scared children, um, to be honest. Uh, oh yeah. (laughs) Okay. Don't go any. Don't you don't have to go further than that. Um, we so, could probably spend about ten hours here talking about the, the weird stuff that we did just, uh, in our twenties yeah, in Chicago. Pandora's box, essentially, right here. You could open <laughs> it up and 
and let everything because I mean we, we we could spend at least six or seven hours just on Duffy's. Um, there is alone. one story I want to share before we move on to baseball. I know we're dying, to, <laughs> yes. but um, I wanted to thank Alex. I know this is rare because I never do this. Jesus Christ! I, want, I wanted to thank Alex for for um, pumping me up and getting me good at football related video games uh, for the scripts <laughs> that I played then. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but when I when I started in uh, at Michigan as a freshman, I had never played uh, Madden or NCAA football and was completely horrible at it. Um, what did you do in high school? Oh, God. I, you know, I, I, I don't even want to. I don't even know what I was doing. No, pro- probably like good, healthy things and generally like <laughs> things that don't rot your brain, unlike me. Or... <laughs> I think it was, wasn't we were playing NCAA football chip when you called the cops on me at your own house? Uh, maybe. I think, we, I think we were playing NCAA football. To Josh's point, you know, this was a, a passion of mine. Yeah. So Alex said, I'm going to teach you how to play. And he would come over, you know, once a week or a couple times a week, and we would play one game. And he'd say, I'm going to be the worst team in NCAA. So he was Prairie View A&M. A&M, and at obviously. the time, yeah. 1999, I was like, okay, well, I, I don't know how to pass in video games yet, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a strong running game. So I was Nebraska? Wisconsin and Ron Wisconsin, Dane. okay. And uh, I played him the first time, and I, I think I lost like 58 to nothing. And, uh, and then slowly I started to get a little bit better. And then as soon as I started to get to the point where I might be able to beat his Prairie View A&M powerhouse, um, every time I scored a touchdown, he would punch me in the right arm. <laughs> so that by the time I was winning, I was feeling nothing but pain, but it was almost like a satisfying pain because I knew I was really pissing him off. <laughs> but yes. from that point on, I was really like, oh, really into into playing the uh, NCAA uh, and, and Madden uh, series for a while until I got married and stopped playing yeah. video games altogether. Josh, did you ever play with Appalachian State? Just Just curious. Uh, that's that's <laughs> okay. That kind of uh, no, no, no. I, I, I avoid teams this like a hard hitting podcast or, uh, in, in quotes, the Ohio State University. I avoid them, <laughs> um, and it's just kind of out of principle. But, uh, you know, as yes. Alex said, I'm a little bit more faithful to the teams, uh, that I follow, um, that, uh, that, that, that caused me to do that. So, do you remember so, what year that was? Do you remember the year? The Chip, year what? No one, Chip, it's too soon, and we don't want to talk about it, okay? Next question. Josh. <laughs> um, baseball, back so to baseball. It, I know. Is it true that your wife listens to the pod? Um, my wife wants to listen to me on the pod, and sometimes Good. she falls asleep to the pod. So um, okay. it's, it's just kind of, you know, if she wants a nap, you know, she's like, can you put the pod on? And what? Uh, <laughs> But you have to understand uh, that trying to teach her about fantasy baseball has not gone too well over the last 14 years. And so it's something I do as a, as a, as a, who are you blaming? Who are you blaming here? I'm blaming myself. Chip. <laughs> so, so wait, are we, so Maybe if I, we, I was can winning expect, more. <laughs> we, we can expect your parents to listen, right? You got to share this with them. Oh yeah, got, of course. Okay, of course. Say, okay, okay. I know my dad will listen to it because he and I have been Shout doing out to this. Gary. Yep, shout out uh, to Gary. Gary. You're awesome. 
he he and I have been a team, a fantasy baseball uh, duo for I think now twenty seven years. Yeah. Um, so so that's the perfect segue because I just for the other folks listening. Um, Whereas, you know, I was doing video game stuff. I remember in college that, I mean, you were part of this league with your dad and, and, you know, um, and so you were, as far as I was concerned, well, well into the fantasy world, uh, fantasy sports world uh, before I was. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, that league and just generally kind of your your history in doing fantasy sports? Yeah, sure. It's a fun story, actually, you know, for the from a fantasy point of view, Um, I was you know, 12 or 13, I just finished little league and I was kind of done with baseball as a sport I wanted to play. Um, and I was really kind of getting into basketball and soccer. And so I stopped there. And then not only that, but I kind of had this thing where I was a big Mets fan when I was young because my parents would take me to Mets games. And then my favorite players all got busted for cocaine. And so then, (laughs) so then, then I wasn't a Mets fan anymore. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> and I wasn't really a Yankees fan because everyone jumped on the bandwagon. So I, I didn't really have an affiliation in, in, in major league baseball either. So I was kind of just floating in a way. And my uncle came over, um, my aunt and uncle came over with my cousins, uh, from upstate New York. My uncle's this huge sports fan. He's a referee in basketball. He was, you know, an all high school player and, you know, kind of the, Binghamton area of New York. He said, I'm, I'm doing this fantasy baseball league thing that I want you guys to come out for in the summer, in the spring uh, next year. And I thought when he told me about this, I thought I was going to like some week long camp where you meet NF, you know, MLB players and, you know, you shake their hand and get an autograph. I had no idea what fantasy baseball was. I thought it was like, you know, that that's what it meant. Um, little did I know that, that April, or sorry, that, that May, March, April, I was going to end up in my uncle's office at his lumber yard with like 12 other grown men smoking cigarettes and drinking and swearing and, you know, nuts. And I'm like 12. And we're going <laughs> to sit there and pick baseball players. This is 1993, 94. There's no internet. Uh, there was dial up. And my dad and I came up with the team name Cyberpunks because. My dad was in IT, and he somehow managed to get an ESPN data feed on dial-up to come to a, one of the first versions of Excel, and he printed it on a dot matrix printer. So we came to the draft. All these guys had books. They had you know magazines. Uh, it was back when it was Sports Weekly. It was Baseball Weekly, and you'd get it in the mail. And, and here we are with a printout with the, you know, the dot matrix paper, the things you pull off on the sides of all the stats from the previous year of all the players. And aside from that, we had no knowledge of baseball in terms of the fantasy. <laughs> baseball. My dad goes, huh, I heard of uh, Gary Gaetti. Let's get him. Um, I'm like, oh, I heard Tony Gwynn can hit a baseball. Uh, let's draft him. Uh, oh, I had this guy. Uh, he's on my baseball card. Um, let's get that guy. And so we pat- we drafted our first team in 1994. Um based off of just looking at stats that didn't make any sense to us at the time and picking players uh, like random players. We just knew their name or, or something like that. Um, Josh, what were the, what were the Roto, the Roto categories that you had to deal with? Yeah. So it's always, so my uncle is, is like one of those, you know, one of those sticklers to the, you know, consistency. So it's a five by five 
uh, runs, home runs, RBIs, batting average, and stolen bases, then wins, Ks, saves, ERA, and whip. Uh, that's the way Boring. it's always been. Right. You'd, you'd think that. But here's where, it's get, where it gets interesting. We have a 25-man roster, two, two at each position, five outfielders, mm-hmm. seven starters, three relievers. But there's no bench. And oh. you have an unlimited <laughs> DL list, okay? But without a bench, everybody has to play. And you can't stash people. So if you want to make a transaction, you have to drop somebody. Um, and that's that's where it starts to get really complicated and, and hard to win consistently because, you know, it's not about knowing enough baseball to pick up the guy before he comes up. It's about calling on the day that he get, he comes up and, and getting up or, you know, whatever. Um, and back then you had to leave a voicemail or, or get my aunt on right. the phone to write down the time. So what was the, what um, was the waiver wire like? You, you didn't even know another person was asking you, the, did you have some sort of like aligned like Sunday night thing? So this is what my uncle would do. He would get every two weeks, he'd get the, uh, the, the baseball weekly in the mail and he would write down the stats for the last two weeks and use a calculator and come up with what everybody's stats were for those two weeks. Then he'd go to a word processor and he'd type, oh, he'd, oh Lord. He'd, he'd put the changes in and hit print and it would print out and then he would mail it to each team with the standings, their stats, and the free agent list that he had compiled of players that he knew were eligible. Um, and that that is, quick so question. That quick is question. Quick question. Awesome. Uh, yeah. your, your uncle, com- Commissioner, compare to John. Um, you know, I'd say my <laughs> uncle, <laughs> my uncle likes to be the um, driving force in the league. You know, what he says goes. He organizes the draft on his own. He picks the date. He picks the time. He tells you the rules. He tells you what he likes. He doesn't like. Um, I think John, uh, John, John does it more in a, in, 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 a, in a, we're all in this boat together. Whereas my uncle, right. it's my uncle's thing, you know. Dictator versus a president. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, but so there's nothing better gosh. than winning that league. I, I still remember the teams I put together that won. Um, and so. Could you imagine if I was in that league? And in 1997, I would last maybe three weeks, two weeks, two weeks before your uncle banned me. Oh my gosh. I would get the first, I would get the first printout of the stats and I immediately look at mine and probably call him being like, you messed up my runs. Well, like I have one more run. My dad actually did that to him. And so then he started, he started sending all of the stats to my dad a couple of days in advance and had, my dad had to go and check it. So my dad's doing all this and we basically got a discount on the league fee, uh, you know, because we were doing all this extra work to be the, you know, the administrators of the league. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was, all right. it was good. That's, it was that's awesome. It's amazing. Uh, so, so all in all, what is your, how many years have you won that league? And when was the last time you won? I think we've won it. I mean, it's it's so many years, but we've had different people come and go. Um, I think we've won it three or four times. Um, how many le- how many teams in the league? Um, at the most, we had twelve, um, and then we've unfortunately had you know a league this long with adults. You know, teams mm-hmm. teams sometimes have to stop playing. Um, 
So um, we're at 11 right now. Yeah. When was the last time? The last time we won? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in 20, I want to say 2018 or 2017, 2018. Whoa. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I remember so because, a lot more because recently, the last, the last the, month of the season, I was in India. And <laughs> right. But if the, you think that that would be a, a problem, but it meant that I knew all the stats because of the time difference and was able to make changes and bring in fresh overnight. pitchers mm-hmm. overnight before anybody else could do it and ended up, you know, picking the best starters each day for like the last two weeks of the season and um, ended up holding out because we were in first place when I left for India. And, uh, and it was an awesome, awesome to win that one. Um, but uh, yeah. So you, you've been a champion in a fantasy league more recently than Chip has. <laughs> I just have to yeah, point that out. Like, sure. <laughs> Chip has been hitting you hard with that the question of when the last time you won was. I just wanted to, you know, yeah, add some clarity there. Yeah, no, it was, it, it was. I can't remember because my memory is fuzzy beyond last week, but it was 2018 or 2017. Yeah, well, that, that, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so let's let's segue back into uh, the beef league. Yeah. Let's um. Do it. So, what was your Wait, first? Can I, can I ask a question first? No. About... No. <laughs> well, no. Okay. Fine. Go ahead. We we. <laughs> We are going to talk about the beef league now. That's what are I'm going to talk about. Are you going to interfere and derail this again? No, my question. My question is a segue into that. Oh, oh go okay. for it then. But it's so, Josh, having this deep-rooted history in a roto league, um, and then joining beef league, which of course we're head to head. Which do you prefer? There is a right answer on this <laughs> pod. On this pod, at least. On this pod, um, I, I'd have to say it's always. Always the beef league, yeah. No, you're just you're lying. You like roto. You like roto. No, you're right. You're right. I do like roto. I do. I I struggle. You've always liked roto. You've always. I liked. struggle with 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 head to head weekly stuff, even in football and any other sport for that matter, because I always seem to to miss out on this. You know, picking the best situation for the week. Um, you know, I, I'm more of like a who's going to have the best season, and that's always been my focus. But then. Sometimes I end up getting too many streaky people, and they're all great one week, and they're all terrible the next week, and then that always kills me. So, um, but uh, but yeah, go beef. <laughs> well, hey, dude, head to head, you had those streaky guys uh, a couple years ago in, in 2019, which is our last um, official season, um, where you you Tim's were right. streaking into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, it was like a giants esque, you know, out of nowhere six seed you know everybody starts to figure it all out at the same time kind of situation i of was course, sad it, i was sad with that one i thought that was going to be my year uh i'll be honest the, the uh, karma there of course was that you were starting jd martinez not field yeah you know ooh, ooh, he, he uh at the time i was looking you know every every couple of you know weeks he would play a game in the field <laughs> Thin ice, Josh. Thin How ice. many emails did you get from me uh, about JD Martinez being in outfield? Yeah. Um, okay, so Chip, yeah, Chip, your question. I, I'm, oh, okay, yeah. let, let, let's 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 back up and 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 start about the when you joined the Beef League. Uh, yeah, you, I think I I'm because I get these years completely wrong, and I've we've done this I think three or four times with other guests. 
you joined, I think, in 04, 05? It was 04. I actually 04. went back to look at my history on the website. And, uh, and, and yeah, it Good was God. <laughs> I know. You remember- Talk about getting a C minus average for, <laughs> for performance. <laughs> Although- so, do you remember that first draft at all? I remember that first draft very, very vividly. Um, Jesus. Yeah. You know why? Because I'm sitting there and I, I mean, you guys have heard the story. I've, I've been playing fantasy baseball forever and, and I loved it. Um, and when you guys invited me to come play, you know, that was just natural extension. And I was by myself in Chicago, my studio apartment. And I remember we had the draft that night and it was all over AOL instant messenger, I believe. Um, and we would sit there on IM in this chat room and somebody would type in who their pick was. And then you'd have to like cross it off at home, you know, to try to not to duplicate the picks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember going through that draft and thinking, all right, well, I kind of know my stuff. And then it was about like the seventh round. And then you came up, Chip, and you picked up Humberto Kiraz, catcher, Toronto or something like Toronto. that. Yeah. Obviously, and, a prospect and, catcher. And I was like, prospect catcher, seventh round. I'm sitting there looking, and there's like Omar Vizquel, and there's like, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of who's, who's actually playing. You're, you're, that's not a good first example, for the record. It's a terrible shortstop. Well, yeah. anyway. Omar Vizquel actually played in Major League Baseball, unlike Umberto Barraz. Right, okay. and I was sitting there, I was like, okay, Obviously. there's this minor league component, but I was like, there's no reason why you'd pick a minor leaguer in the seventh round when there's so many great veterans out there. You've never and met he, the delusion of Fernie Willow. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and then I realized I wasn't really in Kansas anymore there. Um, and, and I was in a completely different kind of uh, situation that I have to start to get used to. And mm-hmm. it took me quite a while, I, I'll be honest. You know, I was looking at my record, and I think I lucked out with a couple of players early on. Um, Pujols being, being, being probably the most memorable. Um, Son of a bitch. I know. I know. I I, I was looking I, – I couldn't see the transaction I did, the trade that I did where I got Pujols. Um, Didn't you draft him? Or maybe I drafted him. See, I, I, remember... I, I got Pujols, and we, we did a full redraft in 04 with you, okay. I think. And yeah. I think you had one of the first picks. Um, and he wasn't – I don't think he was a first-rounder, if I remember right. Um, I picked Pujols, I remember this, in my uncle's league. And, and sometimes these things cross over. Like I, I get information from one league that I can use in the other. And I remember I picked up Pujols the first year he got called up and was mashing the ball. And like, I remember it was like, who is this guy? He came out of nowhere and he's, he's, he's like going to be a superstar day one. And then I think that maybe the following year, maybe that was 2003. And the following year is when I, 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 I drafted him. Um, Cause I, I had such high hopes for what he could do. And, he was somebody I had on my team, I think, for over ten years. I mean, it was it was crazy. How do you, how do you feel about the way that the Angels got rid of him this year? I I don't like it. I I actually don't really like a lot of the way that baseball manages its players. I mean, um, whether you're talking about minor leaguers, you know, getting uh, who are who, who seem to be ready to have their their number called, um, you know, held down for another year of service or whatever. I you know, a guy at the end of his career, you don't even, you know, give him that. I mean, Wade Boggs got on a horse, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you just say, you just say to Pujols like, Hey man, you're like one of the best baseball players of the last like 25 years here. 
you know, why don't, why don't you just go and get cut? Um, and we're just going to let you go uh, quietly. Um, you know, hopefully, like, he makes his way back to St. Louis at some point, gets to ride around that horse. Um, I, I'm with you on this one, Josh. I, I feel the same way. Yeah. I, dis- I disagree very strongly. Don't really care either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but did, you, but did you have pool holes like I had? I mean, like he was. Yeah, like, I, um, I, I, uh, as we've noted in an earlier podcast, uh, John drafted him for me in that year, and uh, my teams were, I, I believe, pretty well. I don't remember, but um, then we 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 cut the year, like 2004. We cut it and did a full redraft and brought you into the league where you could then steal him from me and take him. Yes. So, um, yeah, then I I had to draft Griffey. In that year, and uh, Griffey and Griffey, you know, unbelievable. Well, all the best players were were drafted. I think at like the eighth pick or something, and uh, like uh, Clemens and Bonds and Pools, and I imagine Pools was actually a little later. But um, anyway, I I drafted Griffey in the, I think that first round, and it was awful, and it it is an uphill battle up, up until my years. Anyway. Do we think that Pujols, like to me, Pujols looks exactly the same now as he did like when he was young. And like he's like the same level of athleticism, which I understand is not the case. But like I can't help but just like he does that weird like slide run thing. But I feel like he's always done that. Like, you know, he played shortstop in the minors. Right. But I'm still saying like I'm just saying in my mind, he will always be like this giant both of them could hit the baseball very well. And he played third base in the majors for the first couple of years. I, I remember I that. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Chip. <laughs> this is normal for the record, Josh. This is normal. You know this. Oh, yeah. um, all right. So uh, fast forward for the last like seven, whatever, six, 17 years you've been with us. Um, mm-hmm. Who, what are your favorite players? Yeah. Um, well, I think definitely Pujols. Um, he was, I mean, he was somebody that I even like some, I, I kept drafting him after he was already like dead and gone. Um, yes. But it was so much fun to have around. Uh, I wanted to win in 2019. I think I even picked him up later on in the season in 2019 because I wanted him on my bench. So if we did win, he would be able to, to spirit an- in the, in the or spirit game. animal yeah i yeah. get it i get it um but uh yeah he was definitely up there um uh, getting scherzer from jay in, in a trade and i think i got him from him in 2009 um for todd hilton of, yes. of, of, wow that's a good call yeah that is awesome yeah that was probably my best trade um you know i know alex would love to have me throw out one of my trades with him but um that's <laughs> none of those have worked out for me. So, what, what do you mean? You have Carlos Correa, Manny Machado, and you got three first round picks for me for Boba Chat. That's, That's true. And, and That's I, I, managed to, I managed to squander all of it, um, believe it or not. Um, I, I would say the other, the other um, key players, you know, in, in on my team going back, uh, Nolan Arenado. Who I who I drafted with the ninety uh, second pick, tenth round um, oh. in two thousand and fourteen. Uh, that just, was that was I a threw steal. It in my mouth. Yeah, I threw it in my mouth on that one. I remember that one distinctly. Only that I I remember following him. And the big 
thing on him was that he he was a great defender, but he couldn't hit. Yeah. Uh, and then, <laughs> of course, he's Colorado. Uh, he comes up and just rakes. And I said the same thing about Trevor Story. So clearly, and, I don't know anything. What I'm I don't know what I'm talking about. And you said the same thing about more recently, Cabrian Haynes. Um, Josh did <laughs> did no one injured? I might add. Did Nolan Arenado ever write any letters to you professing his love uh, of your team? <laughs> yeah, you know, it was funny. I was at work. Or was I at home? No, yeah, maybe it was sent to my home address. But I took it to work, and it's, it's forever going to be up in my office because um, I received an autographed Nolan Arenado baseball card with a letter explaining that he wanted me to keep the card as a keepsake, but he no longer wanted to be on my team. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't quite know what the hell I was reading until I kind of put two and two together and realized it had to have been Alex that would send such a ridiculous email. Or sorry, ridiculous mail. Uh, but I, I have that up there and, and nobody knows when they see me, you know, they come to my office and they, they see it. They, they, no one knows what the heck is going on there, but uh, yeah, that's. Uh... <laughs> you, oh, well, I- I'm glad I, I, you named him as one of your favorites uh, because you have held on to him for uh, ever. Ah, yeah. If there's one thing I am, it's loyal to the guys I have almost to a fault. Um, so but, I did a little, uh, I just did a little research. Um, so Pujols, you traded him away in thir- 2013, the after the season ended. Yeah. To John uh, for an unlisted player, which. I mean, nothing. Yeah, it, it's probably nothing. But but very soon thereafter, you and I commenced to trade, which is noteworthy because Alex, you get to chime in on this one. Um, oh, okay. You're you're involved in this one to a certain degree. So I traded. Uh, <laughs> I traded Francisco Lindor, and this is oh, Janu- January 2014. I traded Lindor probably as a prospect. I think like a double A, like superstar prospect, for what it's worth, whatever it's worth. Dylan Bundy also prospect. And my first round pick, which was the seventh pick overall for Eddie Encarnacion. Yep. <laughs> you know, I was going back and I was looking at, I, I think I drafted Eddie Encar- Encarnacion like four years in a row. Um, you did. And I then I did. I couldn't get rid of him. And, and, then, and then he had one season where he like blew up, hit 40 home runs. And I was like, well, now I have to keep him. And then you made the trade offer. And I was like, well... He is only hitting like 220. So I, I said yes. Yes. That, it was the right move because you got Lindor and then you traded Lindor for. Yeah. 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 I was, I, I basically gifted Alex a, a championship there. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted like, that to be stated like, for the I, record. I want to I give you all of my old guys who are going to just fall off the face of the earth in the next six months. And I want to take on Francisco Lindor, who's going to go on to have an almost MVP like season. Mm-hmm. Uh, among other things no uh, one no one saw that coming in, I, with 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 credit being i mean chip traded him frankly part of the only reason that i wanted him was that chip had him and i wanted to mess with chip and no one thought lindor was good because chip, chip at that time i think you had addison russell and oh, yeah. you had like chip had like a thousand short stops and his whole thing was like, Lindor's not going to hit home runs. He's not going to hit the power. He's just... Da-da-da-da. And 
so you, so anyway, you traded him and kept Addison Russell, who's maybe in prison for all we know right now. Um, or he could be playing somewhere like in Korea or Mexico for all we know. Um, you're factually speaking, you're correct on all those. But th- so in 2016, just fast forward ahead, th- there was a trade with you, the two of you, where with the famous Lindor for Miguel Cabrera trade. It was actually yeah. a seven player trade. It was Aaron Sanchez, Miguel Cabrera, Tim Anderson, and Adam Duvall. Honestly, it's basically Miggy and Tim Anderson to a certain degree. Uh, and then just crap. And then uh, for Lindor. So Alex got Lindor. And I imagine crap because uh, Dylan Bunny, you dropped. I thought it got like Todd Helton, like Lindor and Todd Helton to replace Miguel Cabrera. I think that's what it was. Probably, so right but- how, many, how many times did I trade Todd Helton away? <laughs> and how many times did you have him? <laughs> I don't Jesus. know. It's like. I mean, a I was luxury. a big Colorado fan in, in fantasy, you know, but uh, still. This is, yeah. this is an ugly reminder that I did have Tim Anderson, and I've been sending Josh a lot of trade offers here, all yeah. kind of building up to the fact that I really want Tim Anderson and not the other people, um, because I, I feel like I've betrayed Tim Anderson, and he's among my favorite players now. Yeah, he you, is, had, he, you had I did chance. talk to him. He said he is mad at you uh, for trading yeah. him away. I knew um, it. And, and he feels at home uh, on my team um, for many right. years to come. So, Josh, I think that if I'm scrolling through these years, there's one thing that's notable that you don't trade very often. What's going oh. on? Well, you see, Alex usually throws so many trade offers my way <laughs> that I don't even know what's up or down at that point. Um and but you're like becomes, you're like the you're like the AL version of Jay. You do like these nickel and dime trades if if you do any at all. Yeah, like, you know my my thing is I get really attached to players, and that's mm. that's the problem. And then and then I want, I probably want too much then, um, mm-hmm. which is part of the reason why I made this recent trade um, to kind of hopefully shore up my pitching after what has been a disastrous twenty twenty one. Hello, Luis um, Castillo. Yeah. So, so here, here, here's what I went into the um, the cuts. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna include the cut period because I had Scherzer, uh, who's still you know at 37 is one of the mm-hmm. best pitchers there, and then I had Castillo, I had Snell, I had Gallon, I had we're familiar. We're, we're familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, but continue listing for for everyone who's listening. Oh, okay. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Okay. So, so I, I had I, I was talk I was looking at it. And I was like, well, I have like four or five pitchers that I could even keep because they're all fairly good. Um, I expected Castillo to kind of continue the success he had. I expected Gallon to be healthy, um, and I expected. <laughs> I expected Paddock to struggle and I expected Snell to bounce back because he was on a team that wanted to win the World Series this year. So I I went into the, the year thinking that and then I look back and now all I have is Scherzer. Um, and, and, and it's so bad I've actually had to bench Snell and Castillo for like the last three weeks because yeah. they've been so terrible. Um, Josh, so you're, this you're is from- a trade out of desperation with John uh, for sure. Josh, you're familiar with Bizarro George and uh, Bizarro Seinfeld in general. Oh yeah, the whole the idea of the opposites. Yeah. Um, much of your team, your your pitching rotation in general, is basically Bizarro versions of them. Uh, yeah, and outside of Scherzer, I think Scherzer is kind of like the one like, yeah, he's gonna be good. He's fine. Everyone else is kind of like, I, I thought this person was gonna be awful, and they're really good. Chris Bassett, 
I thought he's just a, a junk, yeah. a terrible pitcher, and suddenly he's just throwing ninety whatever and uh, been awesome. Uh, Johnny Cueto, I thought he was dead, or he was sitting on a horse, dead, and um, <laughs> somewhere in the Dominican. And wait, wait, hold on, been... Chip, Chip, hold on. He can't get away from that. To the, the we need some follow up questions here. Sitting on a horse, dead. Is the horse dead as well, or is it he's dead no. on the horse? I, I I have this vision of just Johnny Cueto sitting on a horse. Like uh, anyway, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, and that he was, was dead like, or like he's disappeared. Where he's kind of like dehydrated and he's slumped over and he's just kind of going off. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Clint or, or like was he shot? Like is it like a? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I I don't know. I it it leaves you to think through the the idea of just Johnny Cueto's dead on a horse. Anyway. Uh, Taiwan Walker, I didn't. I thought his career was over. Um, he's doing great. Uh, Zach Wheeler, I honestly thought he was going to just. He's a Philly. Just assume all Phillies are terrible. Um, I, for the record, I have Zach Eflin, so you can you, you see where I'm going with yeah. this. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Luis Castillo, you, we've already mentioned a number of times. He's just been awful. Uh, Stephen Matz has been the opposite of Stephen Matz for the past six years. Um, yep. And then Blake Snell won a Cy Young, and yet he's ranked 655th in our rankings. It's just, it's like the worst case scenario. Yeah. And you know, it's funny when you mentioned some of these guys, Matts and Walker and even Cueto, who I just picked up for this week. Um, you know, a lot of them were meant to be bench pitchers, you know, <laughs> not meant to be up there in the starting circle, but like, you know, if they got really hot, maybe they take over somebody who isn't even Bassett. Um, was like my, you know, not meant to be a, a starter. It was supposed to be kind of that list of guys that I gave earlier. Um, and now that they're all so terrible or dead or, you know, <laughs> should be dead, um, you know, it, it's been a situation where I've had to go to the free agent wire and had to go down to my bed had to look and see who's, who's doing okay. And, you know, I figure, all right, well, you know, San Francisco has been, playing well and Cueto always keeps his ratios down and my ratios have just been all over the, all over the map the last, you know, the season so far. So maybe that consistency can help me win some categories. I'm trying to play to win the week, which I don't normally do. Um, but it's been, it's been okay so far. I'm, I'm winning this week against John so far, but uh, <laughs> the thing that, that all the names hard. you all the names that you'd listed there, and this kind of goes back to, I mean, pretty much ever since I joined the league, I feel like you always have the pick right before me. And <laughs> you always pick, like, there, there are always guys that apparently both you and I like, um, like Lordy Girl Jr., oh, yeah. um, Toronto Outfield, and, and stuff like that. So, you know, for me, it would always be frustrating when you're picking ahead of me because it would be like, damn it, he's on my list. Um, and then I'd have to go to, you know, the next – whoever it is that I pick. Um, but like Wheeler, you know, I had him as top four available pitchers in the draft, like it, it going into this draft. So like that to me is a no brainer. Um, Walker, I had high, he, you know, anyway, the, the point is just, uh, there are a lot of names and probably the reason that you get a lot of trade requests for me is because uh, I'm trying to get these guys that I want at the beginning of the season. Um, mm -hmm. But, but it's also, you know, I also feel like sometimes, the benefit of that is when you pick these guys and they have like an awful year, I look back on it and I'm like, Oh man, I was like so high on this player and he sucked. <laughs> like, thank God that Josh picked him right before me because he would have driven me nuts. <laughs> well, you know, uh, 
I'm going to have to do something different this year than whatever you're doing. So maybe I do need to tank this year. So that way we're not picking anywhere near each other. Um, you know, and, and I'll let you, I'll let you be the one to take on, uh, on the risky players. Um, I also was uh, humbled. I just want to say, you know, I wanted to prep for this a little bit. And so I went back to the, the league site and I looked at my, my drafts starting back in 2008, which is as far back as it goes. And mm-hmm. man, it is just, it is awful. Like, I mean, <laughs> I have like maybe on like the first, you know, fifth of a page of paper players that I actually liked from these drafts and actually three or four of them are probably are traits that I I did that I liked better than the drafts themselves. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it it wasn't really until like the last two or three years that, that my drafts have produced players that have stayed on my team. Um, So uh, it's uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that at least this year will give me players that I like. Um, it, uh, it's like look. It's like looking in the mirror. You you, so you're you're really kind of scared by what you saw when you looked in the mirror oh with all God, these drafts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then there's this nice like chart that says you know this is your your final season standing. And you know I had the Pujols years where I was like kind of third to fifth. You know it's kind of like never going to win, but you know make maybe make the playoffs. And then I hit this kind of post Pujols like you know uh, crater. And I also like to call that the Alex years. Because that's when he kind of came into the league. <laughs> Somehow ruined my mojo. I don't know what. I don't know if it was on purpose or what. But uh, you know, I, I it was a struggle until 2019. Um, see, Josh, I'm telling you, it's because you and I liked the same players, and yeah. the years that I was winning, I was getting the guys ahead of you, and the years that you you were winning um, more recently, you know, it was the year that I was getting the guys. Yeah, yeah. I we'll see. We'll see. Um, but I don't know. Well, the, the team I have, you know, it, it, it just it was just so weird. There's so many draft picks I got from you early on. And <laughs> my keepers at the time. Okay. So, so there's like a lot of, yeah. We do need to talk about your draft strategy just for and, a brief well, moment. And, but just, happy to do so. And, and can, okay, we'll start, start talking about the draft strategy and then, and then I'm going to try to get an admission out of you here. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you might want to preface what the admission is supposed to be, Matt, uh, Alex. No, Josh, go ahead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Go oh, for so it. Yeah. What went on through your head when you, when you uh, realized that you had all these draft picks? Well, so the first thing that re- that flashed through my head is like, crap, now I should win or else I'm really just, you know, they just, <laughs> the, the goat and not the good goat of the league. Um, but, uh, you know, I, my, my strategy going into it was try to complete position groupings as fast as I could. Um, you know, always go best player available in my, in my, on my list, um, but also, you know, try to take into account the fact that first base is super thin, um, even thinner when you count the fact that most of the good first basemen are already kept. Uh, and, and that's why I picked Mancini. Um, and then from there, just, you know, in those first six picks, whatever, like if I could get quality catching and close out, you know, first base and close out a couple of different positions, I felt like I, w- I had the pitching already kept to, to keep me in it. And then I had, um, you know, hitters, you know, uh, short shortstop was covered with Tim Anderson and Carlos Correa, third base covered with Machado and Arenado. Uh, so I, I kind of felt like I had a lot already going for me, and then all I needed to do was just fill in the pieces. Um, 
early on, which is kind of why I didn't really think about trying to take anything too flashy and more just try to fill out, you know, complementary positions. Um, so before Alex chimes in with uh, uh, criticism slash questions, I just want to just want to point out that if you look at the drafts, just it, it's a fun little exercise. But your your team actual draft is actually quite good in terms of performance year to date. If you look at the rotor rank, uh, that's in like one of the middle columns, you actually have a ton of players that are in top 100. So, like, kudos to you. We we slammed you with a ton of criticism. Um, but... They may or may not have heard that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually quite surprising. You look at the top 15 rounds for you. Um, it's impressive. So what the fuck has gone wrong? <laughs> oh, well. So we had the draft, Within a couple of days after that, or maybe right around that time, we decided to go up and make an acrobatic catch in spring training, uh, whereas he should probably just be DH as Alex. So, Josh, what the hell happened? Yeah, it um, it's been kind of a weird train wreck. I I I remember um, right around draft time. Eloy, I think this happened after the draft, too. It had to have. Um, as goes up for a fly ball and decides to make an acrobatic catch to prevent a home run in spring training, because if you don't prevent that home run in spring training, um, you don't win the World Series. I don't know what happens, but he uh, left his, his arm on the other side of the wall uh, and came down without an arm, and uh, the result was losing an outfielder uh, that I would have had uh, as one of my best hitters. Um, and then to follow that up, Luke Voigt decides to tear his meniscus in his knee. Um, and so he was kind of on the shelf. And those were two of my best power hitters that I had kept. Uh, then you add in Castillo um, deciding that he was going to go through uh, John Rocker syndrome. And, um, menopause, and, uh, basically menopause. Yeah. So, but uh, so your breakdown is five, basically, it's five and three. You're done, Chip. You didn't know. You didn't know. So, uh, so Thomas the Tank ain't the, ain't got nothing on me. Is fifty four and thirty four in breakdown. So, like you, you should in breakdown be five and three. You're four and four. I, you're you're not that far off. Yeah. From breakdown. Um. You know, the, 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 the teams I've gone up against, like Sunil, um, and then uh, who did it? Was it Dave? You've lost to Dave, Dave. Sunil, yeah. and Alex, and Jay. Yeah. You know what? I, I don't want to segue too much here, but I looked at my standings against Jay, and it's terrible. Like, I, mm-hmm. should, I should quit this league only because of that. Because mm-hmm. um, I, looked at, I looked at my record against everybody else, and it's – it's hovering Positive. a little bit over 500 for pretty much everybody uh, except for Jay. And I'm like two and 10 against him. historically. Mm-hmm. He and- has, as Chip stated last week uh, on the air. And as I can attest to having just lost to Jay devil magic. <laughs> I mean, it has to be right. The guy gives me Scherzer in 2009 and somehow still kicks my butt every single week that I play him. Um, devil magic. Yeah. 
I don't like to give kudos, but I mean, he's owned me, so I, I don't. Want, no, I don't no, 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 no kudos to Jay. That does not happen. No kudos and, to Jay. Okay. And nor does the the uh, excuse me. Nor does uh, Chicago Beef League the pod recognize last year as a, a legitimate year. Oh um, no, no, I, I don't give him credit for that. I just give him credit for beating me, not for actually winning fake championships. Yes. Okay. Wow. Perfect. There it is. I love it. <laughs> I right. think that's the title of the episode right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, but yeah, no. I mean, look, I, I like my team. Uh, I mean, I even look at it now, and I, and I like it. Um, I did make you know maybe a um, a little bit of a dramatic trade uh, this week, but um, you know giving up Machado. But I kind of have this sneaking suspicion that his injury proneness and his inability to you know lead san diego in hitting categories he looks a lot more like his 2019 self this year than he does his 2020 and that just got me thinking that maybe the reason why alex traded him to me is because that's the guy he's going to be so i thought if i can get a young pitcher that i like you know from the florida stable um you know who I can keep this year. It, maybe it's a better a better deal for me. And so I, you know, I know that you listen. So you to, to the pod, and you know, pretty much John and I are the only ones that were in on or that are in on Miami pitching. Uh, and now you've joined. Um, we know Chip hates it. I don't want to hear him sigh. Um, <laughs> but do, <sighs> there it is. Um, the four no, horsemen. And, and the so, four horsemen. But, yeah, right. Seriously, they're like okay. So, but the, with Machado, you know, for me, um, you know, I didn't get rid of him so much as that I thought he was going to decline. I'm not analytical enough in nature to do that, like Chip, where he's gonna be like, well, like, and like, whatever. For me, I just really wanted Boba Chat, so oh, I was oh. going to give up anything that I could to get Boba Chat. And don't ask me why. It's, it literally is because I wanted that T-shirt, which someone else ended up making, and I bought instead of me making it. Anyway, um, so Machado, though, to your point, um, having had him on my team for for a number of years, the year-end stats were always great, but he is streaky, yeah. um, even in those good years. And the rest of the year, you're left kind of wondering, like, oh, okay, well, like, his exit velocity is great, and his hard hit rate's great, like – to Chip's point, like, you know, based on things like that, you'd say, oh, well, his his stats are going to normalize. But, like, in 2019, they didn't. You know, like, it's just uh, – so, so, for me, it's – and I think to touch on something that you had said earlier, we're kind of, you know, you might end up with streakier players. Um, you know, do I think – like, Chapman, to me, wasn't the headliner of that deal. It was Alcantara. Um, so, you know – who, who is so far, at least with one exception, when I played against John, um, has been pretty consistent. So, anyway, yeah. I, I don't think it's you know as bad. Now, if you lose to John this week, um, then you know he won't. Yeah, well, the trade the trade actually took place one minute too late. So yeah, he didn't get any um, of the players anyway. Yeah. Oh, okay, uh, okay. But so, did you did you happen to look at the link that I sent you about Matt Chapman? Uh, I saw it. Yeah. And, you know, I had my choice between Ursula and Chapman, but I figured, you know, when it comes to both of them, I thought, look, if if Machado is a streaky kind of player and if Chapman's going to be a streaky kind of player, um, 
you know, Chapman has power. He has like 25, 30 home run power. And the way I looked at it was, okay, I just need him to have a week or two where he went, where he helps me win it. Um, but he's not the reason why I made this move. I made this move because, you know, frankly, the pitching, I don't know if I could even keep some of these guys. I'm definitely, I mean, in terms of keeper status, he's basically blown it's himself gone. out of that. And yeah. Snell yeah. is gone. So now it's like, and Gallon, you know, if he goes and has Tommy John in September, you know, he's gone. Um, and so now I'm stuck with no, with no pitching uh, from a keeper standpoint. I know it's not the most important thing, but, you know, I wanted to have a young pitcher that I could, I could maybe put some, some, you know, hope on uh, in the future. But yeah, Chapman, Chapman's not a good bat on ball hitter. He's just a power guy. He's a, a hard swinging guy. And I figure if he does that, I would keep him. The other thing I looked at too was, you know, because Ursula and Chapman were both the, the, the options. <laughs> I looked at their on-base percentage because that's more important than their batting average. And Chapman sure. does take a lot of walks. Um, and so I, I figured, you know, if he's not going to kill me in the, in the OBP and he can get hot and hit a couple home runs here or there, um, you know, maybe, maybe that'll work out. And then with Walker, he was just kind of a filler I needed somebody to go in at first base. I'm waiting for Voight to come back in a couple of weeks. And um, I really didn't want to trade Voight um, yet. I wanted to so, see if he can pull it together. Okay. So first off, completely agree with you on everything up until that last point. Um, <laughs> I, I've had Chapman before. Chapman is perfectly fine. Uh, and he also kind of has – it's kind of like the laser Ramon effect. Um, it, it, like Oakland just has this weird thing where like guys like Chapman and Simeon and, you know, laser Ramon can find a home and be successful and they might not look amazing, but they always put up good numbers and the team always wins. So Oakland has this weird thing. Now you need to get off that Luke Voigt. Uh, train because <laughs> I, I remember th before the season that when I was looking to move Aaron judge, because I was convinced that he's never going to play. I didn't know that they were going to LeBron him or not LeBron him, excuse me. Uh, Kawhi Leonard him where they're like, Oh, like we're just going to, you know, uh, prospectively have, give him a day off once a week, just so he doesn't hurt himself. And it seems to have been working or it seems to be working. He hasn't yeah. gotten hurt. Um, so that was stupid on my part, but you, what I wanted Voight and you're like, no. Um, and so I ended up getting John involved so I can get bell, but you could have had, you could have traded with John separate from me and not have to give up the pick and you'd have gotten Aaron judge for Voight. No, you're right. Um, but at the time Voight had not torn up his knee, uh, which I, you know, I think is the type of injury that's not necessarily related to. But he's the um, last year, like he's always hurt. He's going to be always hurt. Josh, he's going to be out of baseball in three years. Just, just put it. In. <laughs> Look, you're just, talking you to the guy who, who picked up and traded Todd Hilton at least two or three times. I mean, you, you know this. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. My only comments on the, uh, the tra trade is Josh, you know, that I was trying to, I, I sent you an offer for Guriel cause I need a first baseman. Yes. And you did not respond and you just did this other trade, which did yes. not impact this past week. But anyway, I'll leave it at that. Chip, what were you going to give up for Gurriel? I don't, 
I don't even so, know. I don't remember what I offered for the record. Oh, well, I do. I do. I, I want to do that. <laughs> you offered me Chris Sale. And if I picked up Chris Sale for Guriel, I would have had a, I would have had a pretty decent hole at first base that would be almost I impossible. thought you were selling. Okay. Oh, no, anyway, no, no. anyway no. that's a fair. That's you, fair. That's fair. That's fair. Second place, just because I said he needs to sell and gave him a hard time doesn't mean that he's going to listen to me. Hey, <laughs> sometimes someone needs a nudge. Someone needs a nudge. Anyway, my other point. He's got better sense than that. But, but I, just want to mention, I just want to mention real quick. Just want to mention real quick. If there's one thing I will never do is sell. And Alex knows this because I'm going to go down with my 15 fouls on the basketball court. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Even if we lose. Okay. Oh okay. Okay. So uh, I, I get that. Okay. So on the, on the flip side, uh, Machado and um, are you familiar with the stat, Babip? Oh, yeah. Okay. You understand that Machado is having arguably like a... a, a, chip, a chip. Explain a it. Out year. Chip. Batting average for balls in play. Yeah. Yes. Which means I know, but explain it for people who are not listening. It means what? If you are, if you take into account all the balls that they hit into the field, what is their batting average? So ignoring strikeouts and uh, home runs, Thank and you. and honestly, uh, his BABIP stuff. Honestly, he actually under indexes in the league. He has it's really weird. Like fast guys have over three hundred, and power guys have it under three hundred usually. Um, and right now he's at, he's at 268, almost his career low. And in 2017, which was his career low at 265, he's three points off that. And that might be the the point where you're saying like, oh, he's going to be terrible. He he batted 259 and had 470 slugging percentage and blah blah blah. It was bad year. He still hit 33 home runs. Okay, yeah, he's going to hit 35 home runs and 100 RBIs. And the team is arguably the best team in baseball. They're not. I mean, he's healthy. He's he already has six stolen bases. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the thing that on Machado is that he never steals anymore, like he did when he was uh, coming up. He's going to get twenty. Uh, I'm going to say fifteen stolen bases. I'll just say. But I don't think he's had any in a couple of weeks. Um, he had a whole bunch right to start the season. Um, the Padres are the, the most run happy uh, team right now in the baseball. Okay, so I'll take the under on fifteen stolen bases, and I'll throw in another wrinkle here i bet that he gets hurt this year i think his shoulder okay, injury is a problem that's okay, that's Debbie what Downer. i think that, okay. and that, that's 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 what one of the reasons why i made the trade like if he was if he was even just hitting normal like i i it would have been a lot harder for me to make that trade but the fact that he's having bad luck and his shoulders bothering him and he's playing a position where you need to have a good shoulder to throw the ball um you know i just kind of was like eh maybe maybe there's something to it here you know because okay. uh but i could be wrong and and i've been wrong before i mean like i said i, I traded uh lindor to to alex and he went on to have like an mvp season now of course for the mets he's he's done absolutely nothing right I which mean, is on john's team which is great for me but it all comes today, would you, circle. today would you rather have lindor or tim anderson right tim anderson absolutely yeah Crazies, um, you crazies. Okay. Um, anyway, well, when Timmy's running, when Timmy's running, Timmy has to run for it to really all work out. So, is he? Is he running? He doesn't. Yeah. He's not running as much as I'd like him to. I mean, um, you but... know, you can solve that. You should start writing him a letter once a week. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Mr. Anderson, 
Okay, maybe not. That's just me. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so uh, I have one more question for you, Josh. I, I, I have dozens and dozens of other questions, but it's we've been on this for a good hour. Um, can you give us an origin of the, of the team name? <laughs> I my my favorite team name uh, was the Dare to Keep the Kids Off Drugs, um, <laughs> where it, where my team logo was a picture Darryl! of Daryl. Um, who's actually doing quite well for himself right now? I don't know if you if you saw the the document. He's like for him. Isn't he like a reverend? Yeah, I mean, he's like completely reformed. He's healthy. You know, good. I was like, good for him. Him and Gooden both actually like somehow survived the eighties. Wait, Gooden's um, alive? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Which is um, to say, cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> look, look. I mean. In the 80s, you can do it during the games. Now it's kind of like <laughs> frowned upon. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, that was my favorite team name. Um, and then my team started to get bad. And then I wanted to keep the kids or put the kids back on drugs because I felt like I, I wanted the juice ball back. I didn't like all this whole small ball stuff. Um, <laughs> and, and then and then I had kids and I, I couldn't have those names out there anymore. I needed to needed to to grow up i guess so i i i looked at my kids uh and they are you know complete animals uh as they are because they're boys um and i was thinking about violence and thought of um you know denzel and i said you know he said nothing on me and then i said well how can i make this you know relevant to a kid so i made it thomas the tank nice Um, and uh and then I, I i don't know i think maybe i'm time for a change though um no See, Josh, and, no. and i think i'm just gonna say this i think that th- this is now two weeks in a row where we've had great team name origin stories <laughs> and like i didn't know this origin story behind thomas tranky thomas tanky got nothing on me and i love it and, and pretty much frankly i mean the only team that just their name needs to change is Team Sonical. Uh and well maybe <laughs> Vishnu like, needs like, to change. Vishnu Vishnu does too, but there's that's never gonna happen. Sonny, if you're listening, Sonny 6K, come on, dude. Team Sonical, really? Like you've had the late if if your team name origin story was a movie, it, it would be awful. It'd be the worst movie ever. It would win an Oscar for the most tragic movie ever. Uh anyway, sorry. I, I, I actually I, so knowing knowing the origin here, Josh. I, I definitely now will say that you have to keep your team name. Okay. Yeah, you got to get your you got to get your jersey too at this point. Um, or or <laughs> if you do change your team name, you're gonna have to come back on the show and explain, explain. the origin. To us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't. You, you've got a good origin story. Stick with okay. it. All right. Yeah, I mean it's a better origin story than mine. Mine's just nonsense. So like maybe maybe I need like a, a t-shirt with like Denzel and Thomas the Tank in a cop car or something. I like it. Kind of, yeah. 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 Or yeah. I mean you could do like Denzel with a nail gun shooting at Thomas the Tank the train who's like oh, trying yes. to get away. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I mean, I think you can actually buy patches of Thomas the Tank. And so like you could get a jersey that's like blue like a baby blue with some sort of like um uh, trim, nope. and then Jay, you could patch. Jay's got, Jay's got baby blue. Sorry, yeah. royal blue, royal blue, or something of that nature. Because Thomas's tank is blue. 
Yeah, Jay, Jay, has, Jay doesn't have like a trademark on blue. Come on. No, it's true. But so the the issue with these Ebbets jerseys, Josh, is that if you're not going to have text that they can use like their font with, if you're going to do like a patch, then you they they won't make unless you're me and you get them to make fifty beef league patches. <laughs> uh, Which I have a couple. I have a couple left. Yeah, I still have like. 40. So if anyone's listening and you don't have one yet, then be sure to email your address to uh, Chicago Beef League uh, at gmail.com because I will send you a patch. I have a ton. Um, but anyway, the point is they won't custom make patches for you unless you order like 50. And it's kind of. No, I, I think he can get a Thomas the Tank online patch. Exactly. Like so, so that's bucks. where Chip was going. Chip was going like that where you can you could actually pull it off where you just have have them put the jersey together and then you can put your own patch on. All right. So, well, yeah, yeah. Sound. I, I I have some ideas. Maybe maybe I'll come up with something good here. We'll see. Yeah, and and this is also acknowledging that you do have children, uh, and so when it comes to like me, like they're like, oh, like this is how much going to cost for fifty patches? I don't care because I don't have kids. <laughs> I'm not paying for school. I'm not paying for anything. So uh, you know, I, I understand that not everybody can get a jersey. Team Sonical should definitely have a jersey. There's no excuse there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Storage King, California. Come on, come on. Um, <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> so yeah, man. Hey, listen. I think we, we are we're we're over an hour here, um, which is great. And and it's kind of it, it's always you and I were talking when we first started. You know, like well, like how are we going to fill the content? But um, seemingly it's we have folks on. Yeah, yeah no kidding. Yeah, like uh, I've I've enjoyed uh, having you on, and um, I'm gonna let Chip do his uh, awkward, awkward goodbye. goodbye. I don't. I, every week, every week is an awkward goodbye. So um, uh, I don't have anything clever to say. Uh, it's like not. It's like 90 degrees here, and um, I'm contemplating sleeping on the floor in the basement just to avoid the the heat. But uh, Josh, it was great to uh, have you on, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We 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 might have to have you later in the season when uh, when and uh, just when you sell your team uh, off for pieces, uh, nickels on a dollar. I, I'm looking forward to having you uh, recap all the trades you you dealt me. With your good <laughs> players. I'm I'm looking forward to it because um, I'm going to need it. I'm going to need all your good players. Well, um, you know, if they don't win this year, I think I think they all have to go, except for Mancini, because because I have a special place he, for, cancer for cancer oh, survivors. For cancer survivors, I mean, okay. It, okay. If there's not if there's not a story you can't get behind. I mean, that's the story to get behind. Right? Okay, <laughs> would would you trade Scherzer? I would trade Scherzer for the right price. Ooh, sure. I like this. I like this. Josh, hey, you just heard it. Demand Glabar Torres or. Jared Kolechnik, who is batting one eleven. So I just have the first guy, and not Glaber, is I'm not sorry, g- I got him confused. Wander Franco, demand Wander Franco. <laughs> I and I with that we are that. done. And with yeah. that we are done. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> uh, Thanks, I bid you adieu. Have a great, great night. You too. <laughs> <laughs> what are you wearing? Is there anybody in there?